I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. And boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition, and we're back at it with another episode of the MYFB podcast. And today with me, we have a motivational speaker, an entrepreneur that has incorporated emotional intelligence into his main message. Today, I have with me uh, what I say, founder of Peace and Purpose. Mr. Yeah, we, we can go Elliot. with that. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So today we have with us Mr. Corbin Elliott. How you doing, Corbin? I am doing fantastic. A lovely Wednesday. The sun, sun's out, guns out, man. <laughs> hey, I love it. Love it. Um, so talk to me a little bit about peace and purpose. What What is the purpose of peace and purpose? <laughs> yeah, so the idea, and especially this season we're focusing on this, it's sort of the intersection of the entertainment value of Netflix is what we're shooting for. And then the the long term well being benefits of you know uh, psychology class or, or or a book in that in that regard. So really, what we're shooting for is something that is entertaining and you know helps you feel good in the moment, but something that actually will give you some actionable tips to you know do good things for you in the long term as well. So, oh, so that's the idea. Um, it's it's based out of a, a lot of applied psychology. Mm-hmm. So I'm a avid consumer of uh, psychology literature, and I've just experienced in my own life. I talk out of that, um, and that's sort of the the psychology part of it. Man, I, I love the concept where you kind of have this um, this healing, but it's removing some of the intensity that's usually accompanied with addressing the trauma it sounds like right yeah 100 100 percent. and and i also don't want it to feel like feel like a class you know like you you get right. in there and oh okay the guy's talking about something informational um but it's like it's it's a media company it needs to be something that's easy for people to watch and enjoy while they're watching it and there just happens to be benefits outside of that that's that's sort of the idea that i've come to after playing around with it for for a year or so now Oh man, I I love this concept so much because it really adds new benefit to the conversation where we ask people to pay attention to the content that they ingest. So what you've really done is taken it to another level where you said, "What if this content could actually help you be better?" Is that what right. I'm understanding, man? You are you are right on the money and that yeah, that you're right on the money honestly. Okay, sweet, sweet. So uh, along the way, you've also opened up to doing uh, public speaking. What are some of the topics that uh, one person, uh, a company or an organization or an audience could expect to hear you speak on? Yeah, so I talk about a lot of things in regards to just finding direction. So helping to my story, the reason I sort of got started in this and, and you know, being a dude on the internet who talks, um, got came out of the idea that I graduated college and was lost about what the right thing for me to do was. And I went through a really rough period of my life, was very anxious, was because whenever you, you lack clarity about where you're going, things are really difficult. Um, right. So I talk a lot about that. I mean, if the anxiety was bad enough to where I I had psychosomatic muscle spasms, was stuck in bed for a week um, at the climax. And I, it, I, I find a lot of enthusiasm about helping people to navigate that to where they don't get to the point that they're, uh, you know, having those really bad problems. Um, and I just see that's a big thing that needs to be addressed, people finding clarity and, you know, where they want to live or whether they should stay in a relationship or uh, especially career-oriented stuff, what what they want to do with that. Um, that's a lot of the things that I speak on. Man, that that's so important. Um, last year, I went down this journey of being a hypnotherapist, and I started that journey really to help myself heal, but also to provide that tool and, you know, fidelity to my family and to my tribe. And along the way, uh, Mogul Prep, which is my business that MYFB is based out of, is has always been based on business and the solution to, you know, the problem of 
the American dream seeing like it's waning or fading off in the distance is starting one's own business and paving your own way. Um, that being said, man, I realized that hypnotherapy and this idea of helping people heal their trauma was this rabbit hole that I could get lost down because that everything you said was extremely correct. People do need help in, you know, getting over relationships so much so that some of the things that we I, I saw was uh, people allowing relationships or their lack of uh, fulfillment in relationships to affect their success, whether that was financially or in their career or even some of their health when it came down to their weight. Um, are those trends that you're seeing pop up as well? Or, and if not, what trends are you seeing attached to that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that everything affects everything. So I think the quality of what you're doing in, in whatever area of your life and, and the I guess the outputs you're getting from those areas, what's happening in, say, your health, is going to affect everything. Um, I mean, I see that trend with myself. You know, if I'm, if I'm having trouble internally, that's going to come out in a lot of other ways that you'd never expect it. So I definitely see the trend of people, you know, one, one thing affects another in the life. It, you know, we don't have little boxes that, that are exclusive to, to that said box, if that makes any sense. And I definitely agree with that. Okay, so let me ask you a question. What would you say your goal for peace and purpose is in 2022? Yeah, in 2022, that's 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 great. Um, I want to just increase the the just drive for people to consume the content in a way that doesn't feel like it's education. Mm. I think I think that's what I'm that's what I'm going for. Like I, I've done, we're on our fourth season now. And my main focus in this season is going is making things flow more like flow more in story format as opposed to talking head format because I find I'm finding that that's a better way to gain attention and make the experience more enjoyable for people while they're doing it. So bringing that component in is the is the big thing I'm looking to do. Uh, in the first three in the first three seasons, the feedback we got was very much. Uh, build, building up of the idea that the stuff that we were saying was helping. You know, that was beneficial long-term. The psychology was good. But now, it's my main goal is making it feel more like a story and something they can engage with easier. That's my main goal for 2022. And, I, and the, the outcome that I'm looking to track with that is people getting back with me and saying, oh my gosh, this is so easy to consume. It's very entertaining. Those sorts of remarks. That's what I'm looking for this year. Man, you, you really hit a, a bombshell. And I know for my listeners, those of us who are uh, launching our businesses and launching new projects, you must be the fifth or sixth guest that I've had so far that pointed out the importance of stories so much. So you answered a question before I could even get to it. And that was, how are you going about making this content more entertaining, but still information informational. And you answered that by, you know, saying story. So being that once again, we're hearing that storytelling is so important guys. It's very important for your business. And in this case, in order to share, life-changing information but not make it feel like a lecture man you 100 percent. that that hits a nail on the head man so that being said um would you mind telling us a story would you be able to share a story with us that could possibly impact our listeners yeah sure um yeah, what well, what would you like me to talk to i can sort of probably craft something as uh maybe off the off the cuff here well, we spoke about clarity earlier. So, and yeah. I just actually launched my um, digital entrepreneur program. The first module is clarity. Uh, so, I think uh, for today, usually I do a story for a story with a guest. It's usually later on in the episode. But because we have these stories around uh, these topics, I wouldn't mind trading a story for a story on clarity. 
I like it, man. No, that that's actually that's perfect. Uh, so yeah, sure, I can definitely do that. All right, let's do it. So as far as clarity goes, I'll just tell you a little bit about my story, and this is something that happened to me a year and a half ago in the, in the midst of coronavirus. So I was fresh out of college. I had very little direction, and I had sort of been in a place where I was listening to a lot of other voices in my head as opposed to my own. Um, it, I had just gotten out of college, like I, like I mentioned. I moved to be with my with my girlfriend at the time, and I was it was one of those situations where you know you're you're living with their family and up you know a ways away from from North Carolina where I'm from. I was up in New Jersey. And I started to experience just the most difficult period of my life by by a landslide. In the day to day, you know, I would I would get up in the morning, and I would go downstairs, and I was I was taking a class that was extremely difficult. It's called organic chemistry, and I would sit at the table all day, every day, no breaks. Like I would be, I would eat lunch. I'd, Imagine, I mean, I'm eating a sandwich here, and my other hand's typing. I'm, I'm working on stuff constantly. Wow. Uh, it, it, got, it got to the point where my back pain was, was just resonating throughout my entire body. Uh, that's I was so much psychosomatic pain. I had chest pain, back pain, my leg pain. I mean, my entire body was, it felt like it was breaking down. Uh, it also was, was difficult because... I was receiving pushback about um, my. I guess I, I started to form an attitude around you know just just being angry a lot of the time because of all the the things that I was putting myself through, the the crazy clash schedule, all being online, not having a lot of social support, um, and that was starting to come out in a, in a lot of ways that were not very nice to the to the people I was around, um, and you know. The key to this, I was unclear that about everything to the point where I shouldn't have been taking that class. Mm-hmm. I was taking that class for the wrong reasons. I was taking that class because I was a pre-medical student, and that was a class I needed to take to, to get into medical school. But the problem is I wasn't going into medical school for the right reasons. I was going into medical school because I wanted to say at a cocktail party that I was a doctor and not receive any questions about, oh, what do you do for work? You know, you say you're a doctor and it's case closed. And a lot of these things, because I wasn't accepting them, because I wasn't accepting that that was not the course of action for me, that was not the right thing to do, uh, I began to experience this pain. And it got to the point, like I mentioned earlier, that I was in a bed for a week. For a week, I could not move. Like, I literally had to have someone help me get up and walk to the bathroom at, at 23 years old. And uh, realizing that turning point, I wish that I could have said that I realized it super early and was brave, and I said, heck with this white-collar mess, and, and took a different direction, but I didn't. Uh, I got to this ground zero point. Me laying there in bed, I'm thinking, what am I going to do when I get out of this to change things? Mm. And when I got out of that, I started making decisions that I did not think that I had in me. I stopped taking pre-medical classes. I, I turned around. Here's the crazy thing. I told people, and this was the hardest, honestly one of the hardest pieces, I told people that I wasn't going to pursue medicine anymore. I, I went public. I even... That was right as I was starting the podcast, and I and I came out to a bunch of viewers about that, listeners, and, and my family, some some family members who listened to it, right. and it, it was a big deal. But the fact of the matter, whenever you whenever you do that and you take an action that is truer to what you actually want, you you experience relief even though you don't, even though you don't think that that would be the case, and that's exactly what happened for me. So. That's a little story about my background and and a little bit about me to give you a visualization. Wow, I love that story, man. And it's what what I like about it is, you know, there's this philosophy that I have that you have to sacrifice comfort for success. 
And in a lot of ways, you know, what made it difficult to make that sacrifice and say, I don't want to be a doctor anymore is the idea of yourself as successful was one that was familiar to you. So, you know, it really did take a huge event like that to really make you realize that, you know, maybe that's not what you want. And I'm glad that you got through that, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I mean, it was extremely difficult. I, I tell people that there are two different zones. There's a there's a fear zone, and then there's a danger zone. And a lot of times, those zones don't line up. Uh, that's exactly what happened to me. I realized that quitting that career and stopping going down that path was in my fear zone, but it wasn't in my danger zone. I, I wasn't going to get mauled by a, a cougar by uh, doing that. Um, and realizing that the long-term play of quitting that path was better than the short-term play of, of the the comfort, even though I was in tremendous discomfort, but the comfort of being socially accepted, um, realizing that the long-term play of quitting was going to be more powerful than that. And that, that takes time and it takes a lot of willpower to to make that decision even when you don't want to change. Uh, so, so definitely I resonate with that. I love what you said. There's a fear zone and a danger zone and they don't necessarily add up. They don't. Right. I definitely wanted to make note of that one. All right. So I owe you a story now on clarity and, uh, mine will be a little bit lighter than yours, but hopefully just as impactful. Right. Um, (laughs) so Again, I work everything based off of this structure that one important key factor in business is visibility. And a sub-factor of visibility, in fact, the main factor, you can't even start without this one thing, and that's clarity. So just to share with you all how important clarity is, listeners already know all of my family's from Barbados, right? I'm a first generation American. And as I was growing up, I'm used to going to beaches in the Caribbean with this pristine white sand with a perfect tan on the sand. I mean, you couldn't get a tanning bed to bake a better complexion than the sun had baked out of those tiny little rocks, right? And then you have this crystal clear water as soon as you enter it. And as you go farther in, the water is still clear, but it gets this beautiful tint of blue, right? And as you go farther out, you can look out, you can see the boats and you can see people enjoying the day, having a great time. I mean, it's a beautiful sight. And that's what I got to grow up around. I felt, I feel very fortunate. Comparatively, me and my family almost never went to the beaches in America. And when we did first go to a beach in America, I think I was 10. I want to say it was a beach in New York, right? And just so you guys know, exactly, you know where I'm going here. You go up to the beach, the sand isn't actually pristine white. It's that sand that looked like it was mud. As soon as it gets wet, it gets muddy. So it has that grayish dark tint to it, right? That's the type of sand we're looking at. The water itself, it isn't clear at any point, not upon entry. And it has this dark tint of green, almost a hint like it was already going nuclear, right? I want you guys to imagine... Homer Simpson dropped that nuclear stick that he was riding around in the intro of the Simpsons (laughs) for right into the ocean in New York, in this New York beach, right? So my mom never went anywhere near the water. And I only ever went towards the water once. I got a little bit in and then my brain hit me and it said, I have no idea what's in there, right? And the lack of clarity in your business is the same thing. It'll create this huge amount of fear where you go up to the water and you're like, I have no idea what's in there. And I can tell you guys to this day, I've never been hurt in a beach in Barbados. 
because I know exactly what's around me. I can go out extremely deep and still see what's around me and what's coming towards me. And I will say, I've also never been hurt in beaches in America because I don't go in them because I don't know what's <laughs> in them. <laughs> right? So that's my story on clarity. Um, definitely, uh, if anyone was interested in that and you're settling down in business, you can go ahead and go to the show notes and we'll make sure we get some documents to help you out with clarity. Um, and we'll make sure that you can connect with Corbin Elliott as well. But we got some more time going on. Uh, how, how did you feel about that story, Corbin? I like it, man. I, I, I think the con- having the context of you being first generation is really cool, too. Uh, you know, not, I mean, the listeners already know it, but th- just for me, conversationally, too, though, I think that's that is so nice that you had the ability to have that nice tan um, I cannot relate. Uh, <laughs> I only I only get nice burns, so uh, that that really took me to a to a place I'd never been before. <laughs> yeah, I just get um I get slightly darker and uh, more handsome, right? So I think that's <laughs> what we say: tall, dark, and handsome. It doesn't stretch me in height, though. But dang, <laughs> yeah, just darker and handsome. <laughs> we'll have to get to work on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear there's a, a trick they can do with horses. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, I will politely not comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. Tell us. Tell our audience a little bit more about yourself, man. Like, so we know that you went through this huge epiphany, you know, around the time when you were 23 what has the business journey been like has it been mostly booking speaking gigs and that's what's made it uh work for you or have you really had to dig in with creating an email list and reaching out to a community yeah so my goal right now with it is well let me just give you a a little bit of a backup to financially to make things work so i wrote a book uh, a while back um and that's been the primary source of income for, for the business as of now. So the good thing with me is I approach it as a as a five-year play because, you know, being, being in a media business, um, I'm looking to sell advertising, but at this point I'm not in a position to where I have the viewership to do so. Right. Um, but as a long-term play, uh, I'm looking to actually do, like, live events, so I uh, – it's, it's technically – Peace and Purpose is a brand that I have under a larger – sort of umbrella called Affect Media. Um, and under Affect Media, there is a, uh, a, a music group, which we, we perform live, and then there's Peace and Purpose, which is a more spoken word format of media. Uh, so the long-term play is, one, to, to monetize using uh, advertising revenue for both the podcast as well as music, um, as well as doing sort of like live shows, that sort of thing. So it's all going to be very media company based, uh, almost a a Wall Street. Think of it; it's like a Wall Street Journal sort of financial model. Plus, there's live events now. That's sort of the long term play. But it's been super super interesting getting it started. I uh, I'm pretty eclectic in things I'm interested in. So from the business side, the content creation side, like the the product as well as the marketing bit. It's been super interesting learning just how to play things on the internet um, and learning how how eyeballs sort of work on the internet. So that's been I think my biggest learning experience is just taking attention and then on the back end trying to figure out how to monetize it. So so that's been my experience over like the the, the last year, I'd say. Oh man, so I, I mean, we can definitely talk about some stuff off air, but have you, uh, and, and you know, I'll, I'll make sure to bring that up once we're off, but have you thought about, you know, just building more collaborations and more partnerships? Like so there may be some people out there who already have a sales model that, you know, you could fit a um, course or a product offering into. Yeah. So I honestly, I have, I've got to actually technically a partnership with BetterHelp, the, the therapeutic company. Nice. Um, but at this point, it's weird. Mm. I'm not even looking to to monetize. I'm looking to grow the brand because I have other sources right. of income that I can bank off of. I 
really my whole goal is just to make the best content I possibly can and then have the the long-term play at this point, honestly. Because, you know, I, I was running that, and at the beginning, that's sort of how I made some income. And then as I as I progressed now, I'm like, you know, honestly, I, I, I just want to make the best videos possible, whether that be the podcast or music. Um, so, but, but with the, the long-term financial ambition, I guess you could say. That's sort of where I'm at mentally with it. Okay. So let, let's talk about how you get to some of that best video making or best contact making in terms of quality, right? So what is it that you do behind the scenes to ensure the quality of your content? Sure. So for the podcast, because uh, that's the thing that's been been running for the past year, the music is actually something. I was an international uh, performer in college, um, but bringing that into the actual brand now. So we'll talk about the podcast specifically. Mm -hmm. So now in this season, um, for the first time ever, I'm shooting video. Uh, so it's been a learning curve of, one, having high-resolution video, which for anybody that's curious, in entrepreneurship or making content, you can do this off of an iPhone. Um, you can shoot the highest resolution that you conceivably need off of an iPhone. So I've been learning how to do that. Um, but in the past, with just the audio version, it's been a culmination of learning a little bit about audio, of course. Um, and for the content itself, making sure that the things I say are true to my actual experience, as opposed to sort of blowing smoke. Man, um, I love that. Yeah, like it it works well and I've gotten good reviews from from people hearing back. I think from the most the reason primarily is the fact that I am just very true in it. I'm true to myself. I speak to my experience. Of course, I I leverage a little bit of research as well from from psychological journals since that's my thing. Um but I think just People are lacking, and I think the podcast space is feeling this. They're lacking just real talk between people um, a lot. Yeah. And my niche in that, I think, is just to do that as much as I can. And that helps people to actually think that what I'm saying is true. Um, so it sort of plays both ways, although I'm being authentic uh, by, by approaching it the way I am. And being so real and open and, and not trying to fluff things, I think that helps the content to hit a little bit harder and is really comforting for people that, that listen. Man, I can definitely agree with you. And I think if you listeners go back or if you even yourself go back and check out some of the uh, other episodes of the podcast, you're going to find a litany of people that agree. Um, this is why I'm so you know specific about making sure that I have a content medium where I can curse and talk the way that I normally talk. Because if people didn't hear me speak that way, they might see me out in public and they're meeting another person. Like, so oh, yes. I want to make sure that I'm showing up as the same fucking person that I am every goddamn day. And <laughs> in so doing like that, that helps you understand I'm not hiding anything. And I think that's one thing that, we have to pay attention to. Yeah, there is compassion that comes along with uh, people who are, you know, maybe ashamed of pieces of themselves. But one thing that comes along with shame is hiding. And if you're hiding, uh, that does detract from your trust or your trustability. Oh, 100%. I mean, because, you know, it, it's weird. People can sense whenever someone is being. I guess the buzzword inauthentic, you know, if they're not, if they're not really projecting who they are. Um, and the crazy thing is if you, if you're for me, just taking it to real life, not even talking about media or content or whatever, that's the thing that was causing me issues it was that I wasn't being who I was, or maybe I, I was surrounding myself with people who, who didn't want to see the, the real me maybe. Um, so then getting around to that and and, uh, and making alterations, that's been big for me personally. And if you're doing a business where there's a media component, it's big for, for that as well. And that takes a lot of vulnerability, I'd say. I, I definitely agree with that, man. Uh, I think um, 
there's been a couple of really vulnerable moments on this podcast. Uh, Definitely episode six, where I talked about my experience in a cult. And then another is in episode 19. And it's not so much vulnerable as it is embarrassing, right? Like my mom was on the podcast. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And I had my mom on with another guest, um, you know, wonderful lady, but she does um, cannabis and women's health education as it applies to uh, sexual health and maintaining libido in later, uh, later years. So this is along with menopause. And somewhere along the lines, we got into a conversation about the size of my member. And Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it went there. And my mom was like, what? I should call your godmother and let her talk about how well you were as a baby. And it was like, what the fuck? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Right. But hilarious. Good times. Good times, man. But that that's also something that I love. Right. Like providing these moments where you can have just real authentic moments with people. Right. It doesn't have to be this weirded out thing all the time it's understanding that you know some of the reasons that we love people like elon musk or even if you don't love them but who's a universally loved person nowadays (laughs) ah man there's not many of them (laughs) i'm i'm drawing a blank um dave chappelle no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would not, not no. universally loved. Oh my, okay, let's, all right, time travel. <laughs> what's, what's time travel? Let's say Mother Teresa. <laughs> I was going for, um, comedian, right? Oh, okay. George something, I can see his face right now, um, has the slick back ponytail, all gray hair. Oh, George Carlin. Yep, George Carl. Let's say you're again not universally loved, but I love him, so fuck it. We're, we're going <laughs> along with this one. So let's say you're. Let's George, roll. I love it. <laughs> right. So let's say you're George Car- Carlin, right? And now I forgot where I was going. This took too long. <laughs> <laughs> the, wait, we can clo- we can close the loop. Now you were talking about we were talking about being being authentic and just just saying what you feel. Okay. Yeah. Then we picked the perfect person. Let's say George Carlin, (laughs) right? Who, again, universally loved specifically for his authenticity. I remember him saying um, he should get the right to complain uh, about who's elected, specifically because he didn't vote. He's like, we elected the mess, right? (laughs) And when you think about it, it makes sense. It's hilarious. And I don't think he's wrong, right? So it's just... Allowing yourself to be true to yourself and the people that accept you, accept you. And the people that don't, they'll find someone to accept, right? But why for the life of me, they may be paying attention to shit they don't like. Doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think also, and this goes with friends, too. Um, Just not friends, the TV show, like friends in our lives. Um <laughs> I, I think it's it's important to be yourself because if if you're not, then you end up with the wrong group of friends, like the the ones that don't like you as a person, right? Um, or or any any social relationship for that matter. So like, yeah, hundred percent. I think not just in the media, even though for for entrepreneurs, which you know I, I gather you talk to or, or work with quite a bit, yeah. Um, like for them in their in their content and in their dealings, you know, everybody likes a a trusty person in business, but also just with your friendships. So, so yeah, George Carlin though, definitely a shining example of authenticity. Right, right. And I think that's something that a lot of comedians kind of run with, right? Like even to their own detriment, they're kind of doing the opposite of what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Like they're, they're uh, pointing out things that are usually pretty fucking awful and making it entertaining. Yes. Yes. And I'm trying I'm trying to make the light entertaining. <laughs> I, and you know what, bro, between me and you, I appreciate that because <laughs> no, seriously, like, have you. OK, 
Are you familiar with the the new age conscious movement where everything is love and light? I sort of. I'm I'm relatively familiar. You'll have to fill me in on the on the nitty gritty. Okay. The nitty gritty is that although there can be interesting things said about the healing power of crystals and meditation, that a lot of the way that these people present is fucking boring. That that's the nitty gritty. That's straight to the point, right? But it's boring not because they're boring people. It's boring from a standpoint of it, it's not made to be entertaining. They have a specific purpose and that's what they're trying to attract you to. And I think a lot of them don't understand that that's what the format is attracting. That makes sense? Yes, yes. And, and I think for anybody that's making content or, or they have something good to put out in the world, and I've learned this, it's like you need to look at the things that people are drawn to entertainment-wise, TikTok, Netflix, YouTube, and look at what the equation is and then sort of inject your your positive message or the the product that is is designed to help people. I think inject that into it, but that's sort of an after effect of the prereq that is it must be entertaining. You know, it's got to be it's got to be engaging and, and I think the best one of the best ways to do that is just to Look at what people are naturally entertained by and then base your, your format out of that. Well, you know what this also reminds me of? There's um a gentleman that's a thought leader, uh, content creator out of Athens, Greece. And he points out to people, he's like, look, if dancing isn't what you do and you want to be a thought leader that's taken seriously, then don't dance, right? You don't have to do that. But you do have to make sure that your content is good. Right. His content isn't flashy, but it is visually aesthetic. Right. Like it's very well put together visually. So it, what I'm saying is that there's balance. Right. If you're going to be serious, do it with quality. If you're going to be entertaining, do it with quality. Um, eventually, you're going to find the audience that latches onto that. And for me, my thought is even if it's serious, you have to have some element that helps you to retain attention in the short term. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've even played, like this season I started out with two interviews. And although they're interviews that are very educational, I'm doing this season on, uh, you know, people not dreading Monday morning. Uh, and they're basically finding work that they don't hate. Um, and and that's, that's the season. But even though my first two episodes were informative... I am using B-roll strategically within within time intervals to maintain attention. That's the goal. Um, and the good thing, I'm, I'm posting it on YouTube, the good thing about that is because now I can see, actually, and track the metrics of how long I'm keeping viewers watching, um, which is nice because that helps me to then refine strategy, look at other sources and see, you know, how can I improve the... Um, how much attention I can retain is is sort of my game now, because um, because I think if I can do that effectively, then my message will come across because people are paying attention to it. Well, I think one one great thing that you're doing that's well on the way there is telling stories, right? And then yes. you know, obviously the second part of it is, I, I think the way that we realize that television. Uh, shows do it really well or tv shows do it really well is they tell multiple stories and they make sure that the break in story a uh is replaced by the answer for the break that they created in story b right right um so it's just like linking cliffhangers is what it seems like um which is really great storytelling a hundred percent a hundred percent and I think anything that can draw the attention using a strategic way, whether it's comedy, whether it's suspense, whether it's all these format, like genre formats that you see, um, like if you're looking to, and I, I'm, I assume that you know your audience, many of them may be interested in, in doing something similar, like I think if you look at those formats and figure out the things and really reflect uh, and say, what's actually keeping my attention on here, and then take a little bit of mimicry and apply that to your 
to the work you're doing too. Because I, th- I think that is the name of the game on the internet is eyeballs. And I think that using strategies that are proven to retain eyeballs is going to be really important for anybody trying to do well on the internet. I, I think um, definitely eyeballs, right? Attention period. But it's also like this idea of retention, right? I'm, I'm yes. very committed to, you know, I, I guess doing something slightly different from your strategy is uh, building my email list in 2022, right? Right. Um, that's going to be, you know, the crew de gras for me this year. Um, but it's also for that very same reason. So I can tell stories, right? And just uh, use the email to share stories that uh, share value and in exchange for that value, eventually each uh, reach a point with uh, each subscriber where we can trade value for value in terms of compensation, but not before I've added massive amounts of value through storytelling in that email list. So, yeah, I I, I think you're right. The It is eyeballs, right? Because it's still eyeballs on the screen reading the email letter. 100%. 100%. It, it's eyeballs. And I, I think... Eyeballs, but yeah, I mean, I'm on the same page with you about the retention of eyeballs, you know, which is based out of, I think, two things essentially with content. It's while I'm looking at it, while I'm, while I'm watching it, am I feeling good? And then in the long term, are the the things that I've been told, the thing that this guy on the internet has been sending me, have they helped me to be happier day to day, long term as well? And then at that point, they go, okay. This guy is helpful. I, I'm now willing to, if he's got a product or something that he he want that he's selling, I'm now willing to to embark on that because I've I've seen the the actual help that he can do. And now if there's something you know a product that's maybe more interactive or whatever, then I'm willing to pay for it. I think that's another. I, I completely agree on that. Right. No, I'm I'm definitely there with you. So now we are actually in the point in the podcast where we would do the official story for a story but this one now is not going to be on clarity it's uh just tell us a uh wild fun or crazy story uh about yourself and i'll make sure that i share a story back all right perfect let me think of something wild and crazy for you guys (laughs) all right Okay, yeah, here we go. Here we go. So, this is the story of how I saved a guy from getting mugged uh, in in the Czech Republic. So, in college, I like like I mentioned before, I you know I was a singer, and I got the wonderful wonderful chance to travel all the way across the world to the Czech Republic, specifically in Prague. Now, Prague is ordinarily a very safe city, um, but on this particular night-morning thing, um, it was not. Uh, so I was I was out with my friends, hanging out. You know, we were doing the the what call what any good college kid would do, um, studying abroad as a musician in a foreign country. Um, so we were out in uh, indulging in all those activities, and we we came out of a out of a bar, you know, we had been in there, it had been all night, um, it was dark, uh, we were to the point where we were just, you know, in there throwing ice cubes at each other, we hadn't seen the light of day in forever, um, and the bar decided to close down. So I walked outside, one, I was, had been in there for so long, that I looked up and I was completely blinded because, you know, it's, it's one of those things, it's, it's six in the morning and the, the sun was just coming up. Uh, so, walked over and, out of the corner of my eye, and I'm with one other person, I see a young guy sitting on a brick wall, and then I see a bunch of old, what I would, what I would, it would seem to be homeless dudes sort of circling this guy. Uh, so we walked over, um, we were still, you know, having a good time, so we were, you know, throwing ice cubes around at people, um, and we walked up, and the guy was just looking down at his wallet um, as all these all these guys were all these old dudes were sort of swarming him. They were also old homeless guys from the Czech Republic, and uh, we walked up, 
sort of, you know, I gave him, you know, this this just intimidating look. You know, I'll really paint myself as the hero here. Um, and I, I uh, grabbed the guy. I said, what's your name? And he said, Beast. And I said, all right. <laughs> I don't know if I can believe this or not. Um, so we we fended off the guys a little bit to sort of, you know, stated our territory. The other guy I was with was a pretty macho dude as well. Um, and then we just walked across. We started walking across the town. There's a, a bridge called... Um, I'm blanking on it now, but it's a big, the, the famous bridge in Prague. And it was so interesting because you never know the, the, the people you're going to meet and the, and the little just experiences you're going to have, and this is an example of that. You know, I'm walking across the bridge, and this guy's telling me, you know, he's from, he's from Paris, and he is, is here with his mom in a, in a hotel. And I think it is, uh, it is always important to not underweight the experiences you have in these moments, because, you know, getting a peek into that guy's life was so cool, um, and being bold enough to uh, essentially break up a mugging and then talk to somebody was was really life-changing for, you know, 19-year-old Corbin, um, and we walked him into the hotel and never saw him again like a whisk of, like a wisp of smoke, so that is my uh, story of, of the dude in Prague that we saved from getting mugged. All right, man, that's actually a dope story, man. Okay, so I will trade you one Crime Stopper story for another Crime Stopper <laughs> story. Right? Lovely. Um, okay, so it's, I want to say 2013 or 2012, somewhere around there. And I'm in my driveway washing my car. And, you know, my fiance at the time, is pregnant with my first son and across the street you know we see the neighbor pull up hop out of the car with his girlfriend he's pretty young he's probably like 19 uh 18 somewhere around there and uh you know girlfriend's young as well right uh so they hop out the car he's yelling at her right again washing my car minding my business right he's still yelling at her my fiance is looking over she starts talking about it i said hey mind our business right all we hear is you know a high pitch ah! we look over and he's choking her and pushing her against the wall so at that point i can't mind my business now right right <laughs> gotta gotta go deal with you bro like and, and in my head i know this is gonna sound really jacked up it's like bro so not only are you so stupid that you put your hands on a woman uh you don't even got the common sense to do it inside the house <laughs> <laughs> like, like come on from a logistics standpoint <laughs> right it's like you're you're just is stupid right so I walk across the street. I'm like, bro, the fuck are you doing? He backs up. He reaches in his back. He pulls out. Uh, he has a uh, pistol. He has a revolver on him, right? He's saying, back up, man. I could shoot you right now. I could kill you right now. Well, myself, knowing um, the way that physics work, that I can't outrun the bullet. Right. So I just stepped in a little closer, and I was like, well, do what you got to do, right? He's still running his mouth. I'm sitting there calm as day, just like, okay, man, do it. Um, and my fiance's brother runs across the street. So that kind of starts disarming him because now he's understanding if he had to pull up on me, I could have hit him uh, in that space of time. Yeah, he might have gotten the shot off, but he still would have gotten hit. But now it's two different dudes. It's not worth the effort. So he starts going inside, right? I go inside immediately. I get on the phone with my friend, right? Because, you know, who I, you know, don't really like cops and getting all that stuff involved. I just want to make sure that I got a piece so that I can protect myself that night. I call him. He comes over and uh he just goes over and knocks on the door right like he's just familiar with north carolina in this area so he just goes over and knocks on the door and the uncle answers the door and you know they talk we squash everything 
you know, they come over and they apologize. The uncle actually came over to my house and apologized to me, said he talked to his knucklehead nephew and, you know, didn't want any of that drama. He has kids in the house and everything. But yeah, that was the story of how I almost got shot because he could have just go inside of his house and do his stupid shit. Good grief. Where, where were you living at that point? Uh, that was in Jacksonville, man. In Jacksonville? Oh, good. Right right here, uh, close to home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, I mean, it, it's not one of those stories where, like, I, my, my fiance was pretty freaked out. Like, we had to move because she was freaked out. She was like, oh, my God, they pulled the gun on you. And I was like, um, but he didn't shoot me, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, Some real danger close moments. I'm sitting there like she's like, oh, my God, we got to move. And I'm like, but he didn't shoot me. Like, do we really have to move? He didn't. I'm safe. <laughs> We're good. So we ended That's up. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so is that the reason y'all moved? Um, Not across we moved like across the road like we moved like five oh. minutes away but okay, okay. yeah like i would have moved cross country because no you get a gun when somebody pulls a gun or you don't move cross country it's the equal <laughs> that's that's fair game that's fair right. game I got all you. right so is there lastly is there anything that you would leave our guests with yeah, I would just say, I would say that it's really important. This is just a general statement of my message. It's really important to get clear on what you want, and if you can do that early on, like now, like if you're not clear on like your next goal or your next thing, uh, I find that that has a really negative impact on your life. So if you can get gains enough self-awareness to know what you want in the next year, in the next five years, in the next whatever, I think that's really important, and that should be a staple of your life that you refer to, um, just as a generic message that getting that clarity um, is is really important for happiness, at least in my experience. So I, I would just say that to, to anybody I really come into contact with. I definitely agree with that one, and for all you guys listening, go be great.